to follow up Peggy, I, I, I can attest she really does love exclamation points. In fact, if she sends me a text and there's only like one exclamation point, I, I just wonder if we're even okay relationally. Like, is ever, did I do something wrong? Week number two in our series that we're calling Whisper. And uh, if you weren't here last week, kind of our underlying assumption is that God wants to speak to us. And the way that God often speaks to us is through a whisper. And the reason that God does that is because he wants us to be close. He wants to get his mouth to our ear so that we not only hear his voice, we hear his heart as well. And we believe that if we can get to the place where we can lower the noise all around our life and kind of lower the sound of all these other voices that are competing with us, and we can hear his whisper, his still small voice, we believe that that has the power to change everything for us. Nothing has the power to change your direction and your destiny like hearing and responding in obedience to a whisper from God. That's what this series is about. It's been so fun this last week. I've kind of just been bumping into people around town and some texts and some emails and people sharing different stories just about how God is actually speaking to them in unique and profound ways. And as they hear those whispers, they're stepping out to respond in obedience and God is showing up in very cool ways. What would it be like, friends, if that's just how we lived our life, moment by moment, day by day, hearing the whispers of God, responding in obedience, and watching our lives change as a result? I wanted to just share one. I got an email late this week, and then she said I could share it with you, so I'm gonna. She said, I just watched your whisper message from Sunday, and I was out of town. Why was I out of town? because I heard a whisper from God Sunday morning, and he was telling me to go to Boise. I know, what? I've been praying for months for guidance with something that has been on my heart and was even in tears about it Saturday night. I woke up Sunday morning and received a message from a friend, she puts in parentheses, who God was clearly speaking to me through. And that's gonna be part of what we're gonna talk about today. But she said it was unbeknownst to my friend, However, because it meant packing a bag, getting in the car within an hour, and driving to Boise, I asked God for a very specific sign to be sure that I was understanding him clearly. I needed his whisper to be a little more of a shout. Ha ha, she says. Good use of a ha ha. And boy, did he deliver. It was at that point, I knew my heart had no choice but to be obedient how could I deny such a clear, specific prompt from God? Did I feel like a crazy woman? Absolutely. Bob, like you telling your wife that we're ripping up the carpet. I woke up my teenage son telling him to pack his bag. We're headed to Boise. Over the next 24 hours, I was given clarity on a decision I was conflicted about making. Oh, and on the drive, I also saw my first moose. God is so good. I'm proof that God can speak to anyone. You just have to find the peace within to listen. That's the picture of what we're hoping just happens to our lives over and over and over again, hearing and responding in obedience to the whispers of God and watching him show up. But one thing that she shared about in there that a piece of that voice that came to her came through a friend. Whether the friend understood that they were 
being a messenger of God or not, God spoke through another person. That's what we're gonna talk about today. God speaks through people. I'm gonna jump off from a text from Ephesians chapter four where the Apostle Paul is talking about how we're connected together, this hearing and responding to God. It's not just a solo effort that we just go off by ourselves and we just try to listen to him all alone. It's a team sport. We do it together because God has knit us together. Ephesians chapter four, starting in verse 11. I wanna give you a little bit more scripture than I normally read at one time, but I want you to catch the flow of Paul's thinking. Starting in verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the result is that the body of Christ may be built up until what? Until we all reach unity. Unity. Unity in the faith and unity in the knowledge of the Son of God and to become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Paul makes it clear that there's two things he wants to be true, that there would be unity and maturity. And here's what Paul wants us to understand. Those two things don't exist apart from one another. If you're mature in your faith, you are gonna be deeply connected to people of faith. Unity and maturity go together. If you think that you're mature and you don't have deep relationships with other believers, you need to know that maybe you know a lot of things, maybe you've had a lot of religious experience over your life, but Paul would say, you're not mature. Maturity and unity go together. And then he says, this is the result of that maturity. Then we, all together, we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Paul's saying that that kind of picture of immaturity is we, we just don't know what voices to listen to. We're just tossed back and forth. Deceitful, cunning people. Everybody's voice sounds just as good as the next. But Paul says maturity is when we're able to discern the voice of God from all of those other deceitful voices. And then he goes on. In contrast to being tossed around in that way, he says instead, this is what we do, instead speaking the truth in love. Speaking the truth in love. That's what he asks us to do. We are the whispers of God into one another's lives when we speak the truth in love. And then he says, the result of that is we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament. Every supporting ligament. So, so how many of us? Every. Nobody gets a pass. Nobody sits on the bench. This is something we all take part in together as God's family, as God's community, as God's body. Together we grow and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. 
We all have a part to play in this speaking the truth in love to one another. I wanna remind you a little bit of where we come. Where do we hear those whispers of God? Last week, we talked about our bedrock of where we hear the voice of God. The whispers of God is from his word. All scripture, all scripture is God-breathed. It is the exhaling of God. It is the whispers of God, his voice to you. God's never gonna say anything to us that contradicts what he's already said to us in his word, we listen to God's voice through the scriptures. But when we come to faith in Christ, the scriptures tell us that God sends his very presence to live within us. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell within us. And when we sense those, those nudges, those promptings, that, that conviction of sin when we're stepping off the path onto a wrong road, those thoughts that come into our mind that are God thoughts. Those are, that is the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And the Holy Spirit who inspired the word of God, he carried along the authors who wrote the things that we have in our scripture. They're in total harmony with one another. The spirit is not gonna nudge you in a direction that is different than God's revealed word. But today we wanna talk about how God chooses to speak through people. Broken people, people that aren't perfect. But here's what I would say needs to be true of people that you give your ear to. Are they people that have demonstrated in their own life a willingness and ability to be able to hear the voice of God through the Holy Spirit? Are they someone that has surrendered their life to the authority of God's word? Those are the kinds of people, not only that we need to be, but those are the kinds of people that we need to listen to. We don't give our ear to everyone. But what does it look like for us to begin to have those kind of grace and truth, speaking the truth in love relationships? I wanna unpack what I'm gonna share today in terms of how I think God wants us to engage that through an interesting little matrix that's referred to as Johari's window. Now that sounds really fancy, Johari's window. But if you know anything about this, the reason that it's called Johari's window is the two guys that developed this were Joe and Harry. And that's what they came up. That Joe and Harry doesn't sound very fancy, but Johari sounds fancy. But this is an interesting quadrant to look at, to think about human personality and identity. Here's what I want us to engage. Let's look at this first quadrant here. These are things about myself that are known to me and known to others. They refer to this as the arena. This is where things are just known. This is your public persona. This is your social media feed. It's the things that everybody knows about you and you know about you. But this second quadrant down here, this is something that is known to you but it is unknown to others. This is the part of you that they would say is hidden. It is the hidden self. Sometimes in some of the literature, it's referred to as the facade. It's that thing that keeps others out from knowing really what's happening underneath the surface in our life. And here's what we're all just gonna acknowledge today. Every one of us 
on differing levels have a facade. There's things that we keep hidden from other people. Now you can walk in here and you can put on your Sunday smile, but we know that people are walking in here with deep disappointments that they're carrying that nobody else knows about. Some people are carrying levels of anxiety as they walk in here that maybe nobody, that they think nobody would even understand. And it took everything they could do just to even walk in this room today, but nobody knows it. Some of you have secret sin in your life that you've just never had the courage to be able to bring out into the light before another person. Some of you have dreams and callings on your life that you just sense that God is calling you toward, but you're just not able to say it out into the light of day because you don't want to necessarily be accountable to it. And maybe people would just think I was crazy. You have nudges and promptings that you sense are coming from God, but nobody knows it but you. Friends, when this quadrant of our life gets bigger and bigger and bigger, our conversations get more shallow, more shallow, more shallow. And our relationships get more superficial, more superficial, more superficial. God doesn't want us to live in the hidden part of our life. But the scripture tells us there's one way out. There's one way out of that hidden part of your life, and it's one word, confession. Confession, bringing things into the light. James 5, 16, speaking specifically with regard to sin, he says this, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. God says if you want transformation in your life, bring those things that are in the darkness into the light with other people. Now, I don't know if I can explain how this works, but I've watched it work in my life pretty much the whole time that I've been a follower of Jesus. Here's how I would say it. Sins that I confess only to God, I tend to repeat. But sins that I actually bring out into the light with other people, there's something about that where the shackles are broken, those strongholds are broken, and the healing that James is talking about is poured into our life. It's about coming out of the hidden and into the arena with people that know us and love us and that we trust. Not every person on the planet, but people that know us and love us. But here's what's challenging. It can be really uncomfortable to do that. And let me just say one last thing as well. This, this hidden area of our life, you know, you know who's loud in that area of our life, that hidden area? The enemy of our soul, the devil. His voice is loud in the hidden things because we get in isolation and suddenly his voice seems the most real. That voice of deception, that voice of accusation, that voice of condemnation, and when that voice becomes the predominant voice in our life, it leads to greater isolation and our life just closes in on itself. Now what James was talking about here, he was talking about sin and confessing sin, but we need to bring more than just sin into the light with other people. That's just a narrow slice of what God wants us to bring into the arena. He wants us to talk about those nudges, those promptings, those fears, those doubts, 
those dreams, those callings in our life. He wants us to speak those things into the life of another person so that they can come along side us in it. I was thinking about a time in Carmen and I's life. We were facing a kind of a transitional decision in ministry. We were heading in a different direction and the place we had been in had been a hard season and we were looking and excited about something different. The opportunity that we were heading toward seemed like it was gonna be fun and exciting. Lots of things that we were very much looking forward to. But then at kind of the 11th hour, some circumstances changed in the place that we were. And God nudged us both in unique but very specific ways that said, you need to stay. You need to stay where you're at. And here's what was going on in us. We didn't want to. We wanted out. It was just like, get us out, please, God. But we knew we had heard the whisper of God. And so the first thing that we did was we called together some of our closest friends and we literally put them around our kitchen table to just tell them, this is what we believe. God has whispered to us. And the reason that we had to say it to them is because I know how I am. In the darkness, in the fear of having to step into something that I knew was gonna be so difficult in over my head, I knew that I would try to back out. But I knew if I actually told people, I took it out of the hidden and into the arena, that they would actually help me walk through it. They would hold my feet to the fire, but they would also hold my hand and walk me through what God was calling us to. We have to bring things into the arena with people so that they can help us and speak truth in love to us. We've got to get out of the hidden and into the arena, but it is not easy. We don't always want to open up and let ourselves be vulnerable and let people see what's happening underneath. I, I literally saw this meme this week and I thought, this is, this is me. This is my sermon right there. It's like you can kind of think, I, I, I know that I should open up, but man, I'm sure glad that there's a more cardboard there. But that's not what God wants for us or from us. He wants us to rip open the top of the box. Let not only God see it, but let people that love us and that we trust and that know us see what's happening. We've got to move out of the hidden places in life. Now this third quadrant over here, these are things that are known to others People see those, but they are unknown to me. I don't see them. This is what we call our blind spot. You, th you think about that a lot in driver's education, right? When you're, when you're looking in your rearview mirror and you're looking in this mirror, there's this spot right about here that you just can't see. Friends, there are places in our life that you just can't see. See, what are your blind spots? It's a trick question. Because if you can answer it, it's not a blind spot. The only answer to that question is, I don't know. I don't know what my blind spots are. But there are people around you that see your blind spots. And if we're gonna grow the way God wants us to grow, people need to speak the truth in love into our blind spots. We need those people in our life that care about us enough, that love us enough, that would just say, Bob, come here. I need to talk to you. And get their arm around me and get their mouth to my ear and to whisper in my ear and say, Bob, 
You got a booger hanging out of your nose. We need people that'll tell us that we have a booger in our nose because we all have boogers in our nose. We just do. But we've got more than that. We've got crusty boogers on our character, too, that we just don't see. We're blind to it. We've got crusty boogers on our behavior and our conduct, how we relate to people. The way, what we're doing is influencing people around us that we are oblivious to. Everybody else sees it, but we don't see it. We need people who will show us what our blind spots are. But it's hard, isn't it? It is hard to hear hard things about ourselves. Here's what I believe it's gonna take. If you're gonna grow in this, this is what it's gonna take. It's gonna take an incredible level of maturity on your part. It's gonna take an incredible level of security on your part to invite people to speak into your life. But more than anything, I believe it's gonna take a desire in your heart that I want to hear the whispers of God. And I don't care who it comes from, where it comes from. I don't want to miss a whisper from God. And so I'm willing to hear from people about my blind spots. We've got to love and want to hear his whispers. And we can trust it. We can trust those from people that know us and love us. The Proverbs says this, Proverbs 27, 6, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies Kisses. There's sometimes you've just got to hand a scalpel to a trusted friend and say, could you do surgery on me? Could you help fix some of the things in me that I just don't see? And they're going to have to wound you with the scalpel. But that's what's going to heal us. Speaking the truth in love. There's kind of a word that we use to actually describe this, but it's a word sometimes that I think it's misused, and it's the word prophecy. Prophecy is just a message from God. When we speak God's truth to another person in love, it is prophecy. We're speaking a prophetic message from God. But here's what the Apostle Paul says is the purpose of a prophetic message. So this needs to filter anything that we would ever say to anyone. 1 Corinthians 14, 3, he says, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for what? For their strengthening, their encouraging, and their comfort. Is that my heart for another person? Is that what I want? I want them to be strengthened, encouraged, and comforted. If that isn't your desire, keep your mouth shut. Don't say anything. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't say hard things. Because sometimes the most encouraging thing for a person is to hear something that is actually really hard because that's what's going to bring the change. But a friend's wounds can be trusted. But not every prophetic word, not every message from God is, is negative. God wants to use people to speak positive, prophetic-type messages into our life as well. Probably nothing changed my life more than as a brand new believer. I was in college and I went to a retreat and the retreat speaker came and sat by me at lunch and we we're just having a conversation. And in the midst of that conversation, he just said, Bob, I just want you to know, I was just talking to some of the staff around here and they said, this guy could be a leader. And he said, I, I was just thinking, he said, and he took me to Matthew chapter nine, one of my favorite texts of scripture, and he read it. He said, the harvest is plentiful 
but the laborers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest field. He said, I think you should think about, would you be one of those laborers in his harvest field? Maybe you should consider giving your life to ministry. And I'm just like thinking, I'm just brand new on the boat. I'm just barely trying to figure out like which end of the Bible is up. But someone is saying to me, I think God sees something in you. People see something in you. I can't tell you, like, I'm sure that he has no recollection of having that conversation with me, but I remember it to this day. To, to me, it became a whisper from God, and it became this possibility, this option that I was willing to hold up to God and just say, God, if you see that, if you want that, I'm open, even if I don't see it. And it changed the direction of my life forever. Nothing has the power to change the direction or the destiny of your life like a simple whisper from God, and some of those are going to come from people. But one of the things that needs to be true if we're gonna have people speaking into our lives is you gotta give people permission to speak into your life. People don't often just come up and say things to us. We have to develop a kind of relationship that creates permission for people to speak. I was thinking about this, and I'm reminded of a time when I was probably in my mid-20s, and I was brand new in ministry, and there was a guy that we were going to be accountability partners. And uh, as we sat down, we were just going to kind of lay the ground rules for, like, like, what do we really want this to be about? And I'll never forget how he described what he wanted in his relationship with me. And he described it in this way. Uh, his dad at the time, was a, he was an offensive line coach for the New England Patriots, and so my buddy had grown up in Foxborough, and so his life was all around being, being in the stadium and the practice facility, and he was talking to me about this credential that he had. And this credential, with his picture and his name on it, gave him access to go anywhere in the stadium, anywhere in the practice facility. He said, I could take this credential, and I could walk up to Bill Parcell's office, head coach, knock on the door, and nobody would stop me from going. I can go anywhere. And he said, Bob, I'm giving you the credential to my life. That's what I want from you. Bob, I want you to go anywhere. Anything that you see, nothing is off limits to you. That's the kind of relationship that I want us to have. And I love that picture. I think that's what the scripture is talking about, that we would give people that kind of access to our lives, that kind of permission in our lives. So far, I've just been talking about us receiving words of God. But let me, let me flip the script a little bit. If this is how God wants us to relate to one another, speaking the truth in love, that means that there's gonna be times in our life when we need to give truth in love. And we need to remember, what is it? That prophetic word, it is something that is meant to strengthen, encourage, and comfort another person. So as we're thinking about speaking into the life of another person, we've got to ask ourselves, is that my heart? Is that what I want for them? Or am I just ticked off about something? They're just irritating me about something, and I want to get up in their grill. If that's our heart, we just want to get something off our chest, keep your mouth shut. Because that's not how a whisper from God is going to come. It's gonna come with a heart of love. It's gonna be full of all the truth. You don't have to hold anything back, but it's gonna come with a heart of love that wants to encourage and comfort and strengthen another person. My same friend that I was talking about that gave me that access to his life, 
handful of years later, there was a challenge. We were great friends and just walking through life together. He was dating a gal that lived on the East Coast back in Boston where he grew up. And I never met her, uh, but he was dating her and they, then they became engaged to be married and super excited for him. Uh, they set a date. They did all, picking all the groomsmen and he asked me to be a groomsman in his wedding, but I'd never met her. Shortly before the wedding, she was gonna move out to Montana just for a few months before the wedding. And it was the first time that I ever had the chance to meet her. And so Carmen and I and those two, we would go out on dates together. And I started to watch the way they interacted and I started to watch the way that she treated him. And I just got so uncomfortable. I just, and we would leave those times together and I would start talking with Carmen and saying, I do not like the way she relates to him. I don't think that she really respects him and values him. As this went on, I just became so uneasy about those two getting married. And I, every time we would get together, I would have these conversations with Carmen. And finally, she looked at me and just said, what are you going to do about it? And I'm like, I'm going to complain to you. That's what I'm going to do about it. And I'll never forget her standing up out of the chair. She doesn't point her finger at me much, but she pointed her finger at me and she said, you are a terrible friend. And she walked away. As we talked about it, she just said, if you really think this is true, you don't love him if you're not willing to say it. You just want to be comfortable. You need to speak to him. It was one of the most uncomfortable conversations because I'm thinking in my mind, the wedding invitations literally were going out the next week. Am I gonna be that groomsman that is standing up there at his wedding that told him before his wedding, I don't think you should marry this gal? Am I gonna be that guy? But I shared it to him. I just said, this is, this is what I see. To his credit, it was, a, it was a hard conversation, but to his credit, he just started to go to other people that knew him and loved him and cared about him and asked them, do you think I should marry her? And to the person, they all said, no, I don't think you should marry her. So many times over the years, he said, thank you. Thank you for being willing to say the thing that was really hard for you to say, to be willing to speak the truth in love. Friends, that's what we need to do for each other. That's what I believe the Apostle Paul is calling us to when he says we speak the truth in love, and that's what causes us to grow up and to be unified and mature in the faith. If I were to try to describe this diagram in a different way, what I think God is wanting us to do is he's wanting us to move this line down through confession, that the hidden part of our life would get smaller and smaller, that we'd bring more things over and over into the light of day with people, into the arena. And when I say the arena, it's not every person on the planet, but people that we know love us, people that we trust. And we also need to move this line this way, that we invite input into our life in a way that the arena gets bigger because our blind spots are getting smaller because people are willing to speak truth into our lives. This is the picture of what it means for us to grow in Christ. This is what God wants for us. This last quadrant over here in Jahari's window, they call it the unknown quadrant, but I don't like that name. I'm gonna give it my own name. I'm gonna call it the God quadrant. 
Because that's the quadrant that is unknown to others and unknown to me. But here's what I know to be true. Based on the scriptures, there's nothing about me that is unknown to God. He sees it all. He knit me together in my mother's womb. There's not one thing about me that is a surprise to God. He sees it all. And he knows what it is that he wants to do in my life and through my life. When I surrender to him, when I go all in with him, when I'm willing to say yes to every whisper that comes my way, he knows the potential that he's made in me and he wants to call it out. But that God quadrant, we only hear from God in the God quadrant when we seek his face and listen to his whispers. You have no idea what he might wanna do in your life. There was a time when the nation of Israel needed a king and God whispered to Samuel and said, it's one of Jesse's sons. But when Samuel went to talk to Jesse, Jesse brought out all of his sons, but one. And they all looked amazing, but one by one, the Lord would whisper, it's not him, it's not him, it's not him, it's not him. And they got to the last one and he said, is there more? Is there no one else? And they're like, oh, oh there's, there's the runt of the litter, but we didn't even think to bring him in. He is out tending the sheep, a little shepherd boy. They brought him in because God knew what was in his heart, what was in the God quadrant. Everyone else just saw a little shepherd boy. God saw the king of Israel and he called it out in him, a man after God's own heart. And God sees same things in you. He knows who you're called to be, but we're not gonna hear it if we don't seek him and his whispers. There was a Pharisee that was killing Christians during the time of the early church, a man named Saul, breathing threats. Everyone, all the believers were afraid of Saul. But God whispered to Saul, 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 why are you persecuting me? Saul's life turned upside down by the whisper of God. Everyone else saw a murderer of Christians. God saw the greatest evangelist the world would ever know. He took this little sect and made it, took it to the ends of the earth, to the whole Gentile world. God sees who you were made to be. There was a woman that was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Nobody thought that she should be in that room. Everyone knew who she was, what she did. But she anointed Jesus' feet. She was weeping on his feet, wiping her tears with her hair. Nobody thought that she belonged there, but God saw a beloved daughter. Jesus saw who she was. And you know what? We're still talking about her today because God saw her. God sees you too. And when I say you, I'm not just talking about you, you as, as a group. I'm talking about you as an individual. He sees you. He sees who you can be in a life that is fully surrendered and all in with him. God sees it. But you need to pursue him. You need to seek his face. Friends, this has been, there's pieces of this sermon that were so challenging to write because I knew I would have to get to this part of the sermon because it doesn't matter if we don't get here. What are we gonna do about it? What are we gonna do about 
These kinds of relationships that God wants us in. And this is why it was so hard for me. I believe this to be true. Most of you in this room don't have the kinds of relationships that I'm talking about. You don't have those kind of relationships where your life is, the hidden things in your life are shared or people that have access to talk about your blind spots. Most of us don't have them. I know that some of you, I said this earlier, it took everything you had just to even show up here today. I applaud your courage. I am so glad you're here. But us moving from rows to circles, you hear us say that all the time. The reason that we say that is we don't build the kind of relationships that I'm talking about here in rows on Sunday. We only build those in circles throughout the week when we get eyeball to eyeball, life to life, where we can open up and let people speak into our life. That's the only way it happens. But I know that that is a huge hill to climb for many of us. Some of you were just probably freaked out when Peggy made you do rock, paper, scissor with somebody. It's just like, oh my gosh, it was crazy. I had to talk to another person. But whatever it takes, friends, we've got to take our next step. Maybe for some of you, the biggest courageous step you could take is just learning somebody's name here at church and just saying to them, I'm glad you were here. Some of you, your next step is you've been thinking about getting into a journey community. You need to go out to the connections corner out there and talk to Michelle and just say, I, I need to start forging these kind of relationships. Some of you have done that, but you've never actually gone to a group yet. Maybe that's your next step. Maybe you're in a group, and maybe it's not a journey community. Maybe it's a circle of another kind, but your next step is to say, here's what's really going on in my life. I'm getting out of the hidden quadrant. Some of you, your next step is to say, would you hold me accountable Would you tell me what you see in my life? And maybe for some of you, it would be to take your circle to the next level where we don't just get together and talk about things. We actually listen for the whispers of God. When we're together, we're asking the question, God, what are you whispering to me? God, what is it that you want me to do about it? Because it doesn't make a difference if we hear something, if we're not willing to do something about it. That will change your life. It will change your group. It will change our church. It will change the world. Two questions. God, what are you whispering to me? What do you want me to do about it? It'll change your life. It'll change the world. As we wrap up here this morning, we get the great privilege to celebrate communion together. And this is why I believe this is so important because I started this message by saying that we're in this together. We're a family, a body, a community, and communion is the family meal. It's that reminder, not only that we're together, but it's the reminder of what ties us together. Nothing but the broken body of Jesus, nothing but the shed blood of Jesus is what pulls us together, that holds our lives together. Apart from that, we're just wandering aimlessly and we're not unified or mature together. It is all about the body and the blood of Christ. I want to read a section of scripture because I I just think it's important for leading into communion today. Because as we've been talking about whispers, the reason that we can't hear whispers is oftentimes because God is far or he seems far. We don't have a relationship with him. He's not close to us. In Colossians chapter 1, Paul reminds us what it is 
that brings God close. Verse 21, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you, friends, listen to this, to present you holy in his sight without blemish, free from accusation. That's what God sees. That's what God sees when he sees you as a follower. You are holy. You are without blemish. You are free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. We get to remember this together today. This is a great privilege. Here's how we do this around here. The band is gonna come up and sing a couple of songs. There's no need to hurry. There's gonna be plenty of time. But here up front, we've got a little cracker and some juice and some wine and we come up and we take the cracker and we dip it in the juice and we dip it in the wine and it reminds us that it is Christ's broken body and his shed blood that brings us back into relationship with him. Just a couple of housekeeping things out on the end tables out there. We've got some gluten-free options and if touching a cracker that maybe somebody else touched is not your thing, we've got these little individual packs that are on the ends as well that has its own bread and juice in it as well. Just come down one aisle and go back down the other aisle and again, there's no hurry. Take your time, remember Remember what it is that brought God near. Let's pray. Jesus, we pause before your majesty and your greatness and your holiness. And we just say thank you. Thank you for what you did on that cross. Your body broken, your blood shed to pay the penalty for my sin, for our sin. That sin that was keeping us from you. Jesus, thank you that you took that on yourself. We remember that today and we say thank you. Jesus, that's what brings us near. We can draw near to you and you promise that you will also draw near to us. We love you, Jesus. We praise you. Jesus, and we thank you for this table that screams for all of eternity your love for us and your willingness to speak to the truth to us in love. Jesus, it's in your powerful and resurrected name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Let's worship together. Thanks for engaging with this content. If it was encouraging to you, We'd love for you to leave a review. Hit that subscribe button and share this content with others. We'd also love to connect with you. The best place to do that is journeyweb.net. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search Journey Church Bozeman and you'll find us there. If you'd like to give to our ministry, you can do that now at journeyweb.net slash give. 
Once again, thanks for engaging with Journey Church.